Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, Sally Horrocks is uh, one of the most um, interesting people um, in terms of women's sport that you can possibly get to talk to. She's over 20 years at board level in uh, sport and business, uh, advising people like FIFA, UEFA, the Commonwealth Games, getting involved heavily in their events. Specialised greatly in women's sport, netball, Super League, the FA Women's uh, Football Board, negotiating commercial rights, broadcasts and sponsorship. Uh, and uh, Sally has, uh, was appointed as World Rugby Director of uh, Women's Rugby back in May. Sally, it's an honour to have you uh, on our show at such a special time for women's rugby. Oh, thanks, Smithy, and good morning to everyone. Thanks for having me. You've got me at the tournament office in, uh, in Auckland, three days in, so I've got a fair bit of jet lag, but I'm really <laughs> delighted to be with you today. It's yeah, amazing. Three days to go to countdown. Yeah, it's come around pretty quickly uh, in the end, Sally. For you, you've uh, been in the role for a relatively short period of time, but as you've uh, watched the, the, it unfold, um, ha- how have you viewed this, this World Cup to this point? Oh, hey, you're right. It's five months for me, five months in post. So, you know, what an amazing start to the job, to the role. It's been incredible. Um, I mean, there's been a huge amount of work, Smitty, because this, this tournament's been put back by, you know, 18 months or so, two years. So in terms of the work, you spoke before about the girls and the teams, you know, the women that, you know, have given up so much of their lives for this. You know, they've had to work so incredibly hard. So since I've come in post... You know, I've just seen, you know, their passion, their determination, and then all those other people, the paid staff, the volunteers that are absolutely determined to get this competition away. So, you know, I can't wait. It's going to be incredible. You know, this sort of celebration of rugby both on and off the pitch. And, um, you know, get down to Eden Park at the weekend. If you haven't bought your tickets, we're almost sold out. So, you know, it's been an incredible five months for me. Uh, and that in itself is amazing. This will be um, quite clearly, in terms of uh, women's rugby, the biggest crowd at a ground uh, that it's ever seen. It's certainly the biggest women's sporting event in New Zealand by around about 20,000 at this stage with still tickets to sell. So impressive. Yeah, no, you, you're right. And, you know, and thanks for giving us a push there. You know, we really appreciate it because... Yeah, we were 17,000, I think, at last World Cup in 2017. We've had 20,000 in the grounds in France a while ago. But, yeah, for us to get, you know, a, a sellout is what we want. We want the sellout, and we're tracking well towards that for Saturday. 
but but then, and I suppose this is the message that I want to land um, with all of your listeners, you know, get out there week in, week out then for the next three or four weeks because the excitement will build, will start this weekend. But you can pretty much see every single match. If you're willing to travel and get on the road, you know, you can, between Northland and Auckland, you can see every game. So, you know, it, it will be incredible, but it's not just about this first game. It's about all those matches, and it's about watching all the different countries, these 12 amazing teams and all these brilliant women. Sally, um, you've, as I outlined in the introduction, you have uh, so much experience uh, in world sporting events uh, at the highest possible level. Uh, what have you been able to take from your experiences across to this role for this occasion? You know, you're absolutely right. And, and the trick is bringing the learning across because, you know, whilst this is a different shape ball for me, you know, the, the principles are broadly the same. And the work in soccer in particular, you know, and netball, you know, amazing sport. That, that was my sport originally. But the journey that soccer's been on over the last 10, 15 years has given me some real, real pointers. And, and one is profile, which is, I suppose, what we're talking about today. You know, we need, uh, we need people to see girls and women playing the sport. We need them to think that rugby is a sport for them and change perceptions and, and make it fun. So that's something I've taken, you know, from my year's work elsewhere. And, and this event will certainly do that. And then our challenge is to kick it on the other side of the World Cup so that this is week in, week out. It's not just once in every four years. Um, the other point is the importance of the players. These players are incredible. You know, these women are athletes, top, top athletes. So that's where, you know, in terms of inspirational role models, you know, the message that they can give to the kids, to the girls and the boys, they can be incredibly powerful. I mean, we talk about powerful personalities and they're so accessible. They're so brilliant at talking to the kids and they're, they're really humble. These women are really humble. That absolutely is a learning from other sport. And, and then I suppose the final one, and, and maybe this is for, for, for the businessmen and women in the world, you, know, you need a long-term plan and you need investment. You know, sport costs money. So when I look at success in other sports, where we have had most success and impact, we've worked to a, a 10, 15-year plan, takes two or three World Cup cycles to really maximise and realise the full potential. But if you've got that plan and you can track your investment behind it, then success will come and we'll grow the playing base, we'll grow the fan base, we'll grow the revenue. So those are, those are, that would be some of my sort of learnings and advice um, for us now working in rugby. Sally, um, one, of the, one of the issues that we have dealt with in terms of our talkback callers and texts that we get into the show, of course, is uh, why it's only geographically being played in such a small part of New Zealand when previous World Cups have gone the length and breadth of the country. Uh, can you just give a definitive for those people listening as to why? Well, my, my understanding, Smithy, and you know, I have to say it was before my time too, is that that was the, the, the bid and the proposal that came in from New Zealand rugby, from the bid team. Um, so that was what we responded to. Um, and at the time, you know, the, the proposal was a strong one in terms of stadia, quality, um, provision for, for the girls and women's game. Um, and we, we, we couldn't take it further than that. That was the proposal that was on the table. OK, quite cool. That's, uh, that's good. Incidentally, I, I was uh, reading a little bit about it uh, last night. 
and again this morning. Uh, and just to let uh, people know in this country uh, how important it's uh, viewed overseas, all matches in the UK will be uh, shown free to air. All of, all of the matches free to air in the UK, which is quite uh, substantial. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I think it's ITV, the host broadcaster, back in England. But um, that's something I think, you know, for everyone, all of our unions and countries to aspire to, because if you can get, I think you mentioned it before with Spark, if you can get that sort of free-to-air coverage and you can get that visibility so people know where to go, know where to watch it, whether they can get to the games in person or not, that makes such a difference because we have to drive interest, drive audience and, you know, and show the general public, you know, what an amazing job these women can do on the pitch with a rugby ball. Uh, Sally, uh, I, I would love to know, um, and, and I'm sure you've, you're checking the numbers out this on a regular basis, just how quickly uh, is women's rugby expanding? I mean, there's 12 uh, teams representing 12 countries in this particular event. They're the qualifying nations, but just how widespread is the game growing? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And it's, you know, for me, it's it's one of the most important questions because we have to accelerate the development of, in my opinion, you know, we need to accelerate the development of the game as we, as we come out of this World Cup and then we build through the next decade. So in terms of... Um, in terms of what's happened over the, the last few years, the game has taken a step backwards during COVID, um, as many, many sports have done. Um, and we are obviously a contact sport, which presents more challenges in terms of COVID. Um, so we're tracking back to recover that, but it's the fastest growing part of the game for us world rugby. So if you look at where we're tracking for growth, it's particularly in the girls game, in the recreational community game, and then we need to retain those women and give them a route through on the age grade pathways. And then, you know, if you were to ask me about priorities beyond that in terms of how we accelerate, we then need to really look after those players who are aspiring to play at the top end. So we need to work on that pathway to professionalism because that's the next growth piece of the market. You've got to be able to, to see your track through. So that professional end of the game, and I say that with a small P, you know, we're not talking about payment for all players here. We're talking about raising standards on and off the pitch for those elite athletes that want, you know, to play to their full potential. So we've got growth in the girls and women's sections, and we're trying to fast track that sort of commercial and professional development of the game with those leagues that take us right through to WXV, which is our new annual flagship competition that's going to launch next year. So we're going to be able to see the top 18 unions in the world qualifying through regional comps. And we'll see them year in, year out play. And that's the springboard to the next World Cup. Um, so, so that growth and that plan is really what interests me going forward. Because we, you know, we can't go quiet when we come out the end of November the 12th. We need to push on and push on hard. And it's growing fast. Sally, you make a good point about uh, the physical nature of rugby and, of course, in the men's game and uh, with, the, with the, the youth of the world looking to play and, and even younger age, parents get involved heavily because of the, the fear of injury and, and uh, the dangers that have, have, have sort of been expressed around the game these days, concussion, etc. Um, for young women, uh, for girls and young women uh, wanting to get involved in the game, etc., uh, how, how do you look to, to sort of get around that issue? Yeah, no, it's a great point. And th thank you for asking, because it's a really important point. And I'm a parent. You know, I've got four kids. 
I come from a rugby playing family. I've got three daughters and a son, so I see it from both a boy's and girl's perspective. Um, I mean, in, in terms of the sport itself, we always put player welfare first. And for me in the women's game, it's one of my it's huge priorities. It's probably the most important priority. So uh, we have a dedicated women's welfare group. We have what we call our six-point plan. And I suppose, you know, this is all, it sounds academic, but for me as a parent in plain English, it's really important that I know that World Rugby, you know, has the right laws of the game. It's innovating. It's working on research and science. Um, you know, it's educating. It's got dedicated sort of... Um, uh, tools, research services, so that I know as a parent, as a, as a federation and a governor of the game, we at World Rugby are doing our very, very best. So, you know, in that, in that regard, if you just bear with me, I just want to reassure um, those that are watching the World Cup, you know, we are aiming to be the most progressive sport in this area. So we've got head injury detection monitoring going on at the World Cup this, this next few weeks. Your university, University of Otago, are doing an amazing mouth guard study for us on impact so we can really understand it. And then we've got player well-being support as well around our players. So for parents, and particularly those in the girls' and women's game, I would be tremendously reassured by that. And we don't want anyone to miss out on rugby. So uh, in terms of uh, women's sport in general um, around the world, uh, Sally, I, I wonder um, how women's rugby now is starting to stack up in terms of those numbers and what are the biggest challenges? Of, I mean, for instance, you, you know full well that uh, this time next year we're co-hosting the Women's Football World Cup and it's an amazing time for, New Zealand, uh, for women's sport around this country. I promise you on the back of the Cricket World Cup as well. I, I just wonder the biggest challenges you've got as trying to grow uh, rugby as such against these other sports. Yeah, yeah, no, it, but I mean, this is a great discussion, and I suppose it's why I took this job, because I'm all about choices, choices for girls. Um, and again, just as a parent with three daughters, my three kids play three different sports. One plays netball, one plays soccer, football, and one plays rugby. So you've just named the three sports. They've all had a go at cricket, but they've... Um, uh, which is your sport, isn't it? Um, uh, but they've they've put the bat down. But you know, in in that regard, um, that's what I think we need to provide. We need to provide choices for girls, and and this is in education and in employment too. This is not just about sport. This is you know this is about equality of opportunity for young women. So from my perspective, you know, taking this job on, uh, I love the work I did in netball and football. Um, and you mentioned cricket here in this country in the World Cup, but what I want is more girls to be able to access rugby, and particularly um, with with the the, the fact is, it's a, it's, uh, rugby is a sport for all shapes and sizes. Now, I think that really differentiates it, and I speak really personally there. People have, may have different views, but I look at my kids. You know, some are stronger than others, some are faster than others, some are. Some are bigger, smaller than others, taller, shorter than others. And rugby has something for everyone. Um, it's a smaller sport played in a smaller numbers, number of countries around the world. But that doesn't mean that it can't be a great sport um, and that we shouldn't pay it due attention um, and do our very, very best to grow it. But if we can give that choice, I would be delighted. 
It's a great concept, uh, uh, this tournament, because I, I love uh, the concept of triple headers. I, I really do, Sally, and I Come think that'll work be- beautifully for you. Oh, I'm glad because some, you know, it, it's a moot point, though, isn't it? Some people, you know, argue, well, does it sort of does it denigrate the game if you've got three one after the other? But I think as a spectacle, you know, for sport and entertainment. And for those that are trying to be educated in the game, maybe people who haven't seen enough girls and women's rugby, they get to see the best of the best and they get three three chances and one day. It's mm. fantastic. It is a great concept. Okay, uh, Sally, just to, to, to finish off, um, how will you, when this is all said and done and, and you've travelled around these three venues, you look at the um, what's going on and the results, etc., how will you um, judge the success of this tournament at the end of the day? Will it be profit? Will it be loss? Will it be people? Will it be occasion? How, how will you judge it? Oh, hey, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I suppose you have to... There are so many facets to it, but if you judge it on two levels, if you judge it in terms of you know, the, the amazing rugby that's played and the number of fans that get to see that um, and, and the way those, those players feel, you know, ha- have they given of their best? You know, have they achieved all that they wanted to? Have we put on the very best spectacle for them and for all those people that want to come and watch? That, that would be, you know, top of the list for me. Um, alongside it or just behind probably alongside it is then the impact that we make beyond because you know if we are an amazing event and we happen once every four years and then we all go home on november the 12th then we've not we world rugby and i would say new zealand rugby would say the same claire beard and her team you know who's doing a great job you know they then need we then need to work with each other to kick the sport on and as you say you know grow the number of girls that have access to the game, you know, who are inspired by these amazing athletes. So I think I think it's twofold. It's you know, at, at, at this moment in time, the game's at a really young stage, early stage of its development. It's about investment, not profit, but that will come. But hey, let's let's put a great showcase on on the pitch, and let's make sure that those girls are inspired to play and they know where to play afterwards. That's what it's about for me. And let's have some fun. Are you are you? Absolutely neutral, Sally, or would you like to see perhaps England win this? <laughs> In my professional role, I am entirely neutral. Uh, and I truly am, because I can't wait to see, you know, Fijiana. It's the first time they're coming to this mm. tournament. You know, that, that for me in, in itself is tremendous, you know, to get, to get these women who, uh, who've made such tremendous sacrifices, actually. Some of the, the stories of those Fijiana women are incredible. So in that sense, you know, uh, those are the stories and the sort of the, um, the highlights that I'm looking forward to. But yes, I mean, I am, I am an English woman and support my country in a highly personal regard, but professionally, no, entirely neutral. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Say, so, Sally, look, congratulations <laughs> what you've, uh, for what you've been able to achieve uh, in, uh, in your various roles across women's sport in particular, but um, you're amazing. And um, well, thank I, you. I also thank you. I wish you all the best, uh, and I wish World Rugby, Women's Rugby, all the very best uh, for what is an amazing showcase coming up in the next month. May you get great weather. Great crowds, great conditions and great rugby. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, Smithy. It's been great talking to you. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.